0: I'll look at that a little more closely after I do some math, but um, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, well. Yeah, I think I'm ready. Uh, give me a second. Really quick. welcome to this week's episode of the top five report the podcast that despite all the warnings would still use gotham city as a spring break vacation destination point my name is drew i'll be your host for the evening along with me as always is pete hi everybody and this podcast wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for our audio guy who is our silent bob to our jason muse ryan all right so before we go any farther i want to do a little bit of housekeeping real quick. Um, Just wanted to let everyone know that I received an email this week um, about Apple's holiday uh, break schedule, I guess. So our Thanksgiving episode, uh, there's a good chance it'll be delayed one week. I just wanted to let you know we're going to still record an episode and post it, but it won't post on iTunes for like one extra week. So just so everyone's aware of that. Um, And then Christmas, we're going to end up taking a week off. And you know what? Everyone needs a break at the holidays. Um, There'll still be an episode that I'll post right after the holidays are over. So just so everyone's aware of it, um, we'll remind you as we get a little bit closer. But I realized with our schedule, I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, we... We under you know we got this out early enough so when this episode drops people are like oh hey the <laughs> next sure. you know that kind of thing we have been more consistent than
1: most podcasts I listen to actually so oh yeah I no I gotta get hey, you know at
0: least I think that we we went into this podcast adventure saying we're going to be consistent and we're going to sit down every week and discuss and we're doing that and we're providing and I think as long as we communicate to our listeners <laughs> right on you know that we're taking a break or Apple's got a delay they're not like where's my episode it's for sure, it's not us. It's just a delayed release because of our um, the grand people at Apple putting stuff on iTunes. So if you sure. want to listen to the episode early and not wait for iTunes, it will still be on our website. So, you know, that'll still drop that week except for Christmas. So, all right. So the other thing I wanted to mention was we got uh, – I always ask at the end of the episode for reviews and five-star ratings and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we got a written review. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd love to give the person a shout out. I just don't know who it is because they didn't leave a name. Do they have a username at all? Sometimes it was it was a string of numbers, so it was probably like a user number. So it's an inmate. I'm assuming (laughs) very much. So I just all it said was it was a five star rating, and it said I love listening to them. They talk about the best topics so awesome. i appreciate the review whoever you were yeah. so just wanted to give you a shout out because you wrote us a review thank you mystery girl <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> or guy whoever yeah. you're like i really appreciate i was just that. thinking garth from i think wayne's world too oh I, right uh, yeah. <laughs> well at any rate uh let's get right in um Sounds good. what are we watching this week or reading Right, um I haven't been watching much
1: but uh I did watch the latest episode of The Walking Dead, um, which right. is spoilers,
0: Rick's last episode. Now, so- in terms of spoilers, <laughs> all right, this is kind of spoiler territory because he just said it's Rick's last episode. If you are living under a rock and didn't know, <laughs> Rick- Andrew Lincoln who plays Rick Grimes, Rick Grimes is leaving the show. But he's been, but AMC has been advertising that he's been leaving the show for like three, four months. Mm -hmm. So everyone knows (laughs) that that Rick Grimes is leaving the show. So we all assume he's going to die. We don't know how it's going to go. But they were advertising like two more episodes, one more episode. Like, here it is, you know. So to spoil and say that, you have to like. Like I said, be living under a rock to not know. <laughs> There's <laughs> also like, yeah, every bit of social media I checked
1: afterwards and as well as just all like I, news sources. I went looking. All that That's all they were talking I went, about. The
0: day after this episode aired, I went looking on for news for tonight's show. Everything was Walking Dead. Walking yep. Dead, Walking Dead. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess we could talk about some Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the episode, I thought it was pretty good. It was a
1: great send off for Rick, but it wasn't. If you haven't seen it, it's not what you would expect because it kind of leaves the opportunity that he could come back into the show. So. I guess that's a spoiler if you want to look at it that way, and I won't say much more, but there's cameos Well, from... it is
0: based off of a comic book, and in true mm-hmm. comic book fashion, no one stays dead very well. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> there is uh, They
1: included uh, cameos from, like, Herschel, Shane, Sasha, like a yeah. lot of old characters, so that was really cool. But towards the end of the episode, what got me really excited is they do a time jump. And something about TV, like serialized TV, time jumps are always exciting. But what happens is they do the time jump and they actually focus on a group of people that you've never seen before. And what got me really jazzed up is one of those actors, in the, as one of these new characters, was Dan Fogler from Fanboys. Yeah. He played Hutch in Fanboys. So I had heard he was going to be in The Walking Dead and I totally forgot. And then I saw him in that episode. And to tell the truth, like, I love this actor, like, I've been, yeah, he was in Fanboys, it was hilarious, yeah, he was in Balls of Fury, that was funny, but then he's been in, like, he was the best part of Fantastic Beasts, I right. swear, and, Dan like, Ford I've actually, is a
0: fan, he's a fantastic actor,
1: so. I think he's really underrated, so I just got so excited to see him on Walking Dead, and, like, seriously, <clears throat> he's the best part of, fan, like, I was a little disappointed in Fantastic Beasts, but he's, like, the best part, like the best character. So yeah, I was really happy about that. How about you? Watch anything
0: new? Um, All right. So we're going to, you and I are going to talk Titans here in this watching category, but (laughs) I want to, I want to save that for a minute. Um, I didn't really watch anything new because we're in that stage where like life is happening. Things are getting busy. Mm -hmm. So I haven't watched anything new, new, but I'm watching the shows as they come out and that kind of thing. And I know we talked about Riverdale, I think last week.
1: Maybe a little it, it, bit, yeah.
0: It was either last week or the week before. Yeah. We talked about you know how I'm mean, really enjoying what's going on this season because mm-hmm. oh, yeah, of, yeah. Cause of the Sabrina week. coming out and that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to be a little spoilery here on this one episode. Not really, but understand that when I talk about this episode, the only way to fully explain everything is to recap everything that's happening in the season. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But I have to give massive, massive praise to what they did on Riverdale this week. Um, as we all know, it's based off of Archie Comics. I'm just enjoying it because, I mean, just being watching these angsty teenagers get the stuff they're not supposed to <laughs> do has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. There is an element to the story this season that revolves around a game. Okay. Now, this game is called Griffins and Gargoyles, <laughs> okay. or as they're calling it, G&G. <laughs> and if you know That's where I'm going, awesome. it sounds like Dungeons and Dragons yeah. or D&D. Well, you find out later that it's a role-playing game. Now, of course. if I explain any farther as to why this game is a part of the story, it has to do with the new mystery in this season. Okay? Yeah. So there's something with this game that has to do with the mystery. Well, there's been a lot of what is the game. We know it's a role-playing game, but it goes deeper. And then there's an episode where at the end, you find out that this game goes all the way back to... The the main characters on the show are all like high school age, right? Mm-hmm. It goes all the way back to their parents when their parents were in high school in Riverdale. Interesting. So here's what they did. And this was so brilliant, okay? They did a, a massive flashback episode. Cool. Where the current cast played their parents as their <laughs> nice. younger selves. Okay, cool. Okay, so the, sh- the episode started as if they're doing a dark version of The Breakfast Club. Nice. Okay, yeah. like the Riverdale version of The Breakfast Club. And then when they showed the title card for Riverdale, it's not the normal title that flashes on the screen when they do the opening of the show. Yeah. It was the Saved by the Bell logo <laughs> with Riverdale instead of Saved by the <laughs> okay, Bell. Nice. And I thought that was really clever just for the high school yeah. motif, right? and then the story unfolds and then you find and then you get to see them play this Griffins and Gargoyles game and you get to learn a little bit more about it as the story progresses. What I thought was interesting is this two parts of this episode that really caught my attention. If you're a Dungeons and Dragons fan, whether you've played the game or whether you know people who play the game and you just know a little bit about it, the game, it's a role-playing game, it's tabletop. It's meant to be played with a group of friends around a table playing. It's social storytelling. It's social problem solving. Mm -hmm. And it's really about having fun and laughing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Then, um, but historically, Dungeons & Dragons has had a bad rap in the past. There was a lot of people... From certain religious groups and so on, that looked at this as something satanic about yeah. kids sitting around talking about demons and you know <laughs> fighting goblins and monsters yeah. and stuff like and that. And they have uh, they have like
1: fictitious. Uh what are, like gods and uh, right exactly, know, and, and it's and not, like... and
0: it was viewed for a long time as something that was bad. When honestly, it's just kids playing a game and rolling dice, and it's completely, har- it's hundred yeah. percent harmless. And surprisingly, it's actually kind of educational because there's a ton of reading and a ton of math. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so when you, but when you play the but because of that, um, but because of that stigma that happened in the past in real life for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, there's been a lot of funny, goofy, like, some of them are audio clips. Like, uh, there's a group of, like, the Dead Ale Wives did this funny little clip of, like, what a D&D session's like. And it's really just a funny, like, <laughs> almost like a Dr. Demento yeah, kind of yeah. thing. And, but currently, in our present day, Dungeons & Dragons is got this massive resurgence and is one of the greatest selling games right now. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the number one selling yeah. games in terms of tabletop gaming. So it's got this big resurgence, big popularity. Now, because it's popular, that's probably why they're doing this thing on Riverdale, because Mm -hmm. the writers are all into it again, because they're like, yeah, we used to play this as kids, and now we're doing writing the show, and now we're doing this. We're all playing Dungeons & Dragons again. Let's do (laughs) a couple episodes that deal with something like that, right? So then, so on the show, they're dealing with the bad side from the history of Dungeons & Dragons, and they're dealing with this whole resurgence stuff, and just... Using it as a platform to talk about. It, That's really cool. Which is amazing. What I have to commend to the actors on the show about is if you watch Riverdale and you know the actors of the parents, you know their facial expressions, the way, the cadence in their voices, and I'm not talking like doing impressions. I'm talking mannerisms, the mm-hmm. way they talk, the way they move, like, when the, like the way the mom tilts her head when she gives her daughter a glaring look or something like that. These child actors, the younger actors on the show playing the younger versions of their parents, it was like crystal perfect. <laughs> it was astounding. Awesome. I was watching it like um, Betty had to play, uh, that actor who plays Betty had to play the younger version of her mom. You could see the facial expressions were dead on. You know, Archie had to play the younger version of his father who's played um, – why am I – the guy from – Yeah, I can't remember his name for some reason. Yeah, I'm (laughs) – Fred Andrews. Anyway, he has to do Fred Andrews. (laughs) The cadence in his voice is Mm -hmm. correct. Um, So it's – it was amazing to watch the actors do this. And I have to give them mad, mad props for what they did. Yeah. As a standalone episode, it's hard to watch if you don't know what's been going on in the season. But as a standalone episode, I, I, I thought it was an achievement in acting that I think deserves recognition. That's And that's awesome. the only reason I wanted to bring it up. No, that,
1: so. that's, that sounds really cool. So, is it one thing that a lot of shows do? I know I and, just
0: wanted a tirade. So. <laughs>
1: Whenever D&D is represented, a lot of shows... Um, portray it in very ridiculous fashions. Do you think it's pretty accurate? So
0: it starts out as probably one of the most basic forms of it I've ever seen. Like their character selection was like character cards. Like they really just had to choose a card that explained what their character was. It wasn't like you didn't see any creation stuff. Um, Like the in-depth character creation that D&D is known for. Um, The role-playing looked almost... Almost directly similar. Similar. They had okay, the cool. they they had the dice rolls. They had the d They had the DM screen up. They had you know, it looked like they were playing d d. Yeah. They did go to the extreme that all television does, and eventually they're in costumes and stuff. <laughs> that's
1: that's the thing that I right. always it always like.
0: I, it doesn't bother me that much, but it is a pet
1: peeve where it's like nobody dresses up when no, they play and there the are, You know
0: what? There, prob, there very well could be some people who dress up and yeah. play Dungeons & Dragons, but mm-hmm. you know, for the most I part, a, I feel like that's not the case and people are just sitting around. It's all more sitting around the table playing mm-hmm. the game. I do
1: have a group of friends that... Uh, I guess they used to play by candlelight and the DM would wear this like grim reaper style cloak and stuff. And that always sounded really fun to me, but for the yeah. most part, I don't know anybody who's actually dressed up to play. So, <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, no, I just, I really needed to get that off my chest cause I was just so impressed. It was yeah, such a great episode. I really so. need to catch up now for sure. That sounds awesome. Yeah, no, so. it's great. Um, do you want to talk some Titans? Sounds good. All right. I wanted to talk about this when we covered more, uh, we got farther into the show because I've watched four episodes, but you've only watched two. Yeah, I'm still at two <laughs> okay. episodes, so um, we'll keep it. Well, to how the... about this?
1: Go I ahead. said last week that I think it was last week I said that episode two gets pretty brutal. What's your assessment on the brutality
0: of the fight? So, scenes? well, let's start with this. The show is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I, they had my attention to begin begin with, and they are continuing to hold it. I am so impressed with the show, and I honestly was kind of skeptical when they announced they're doing a Titan show because the Teen Titans on the Cartoon Network and the other Titans programs. I'm like, do we really need another iteration? This is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went for an R rating, violence, brutality language (laughs) they went for an r rating and they're sticking to it and it's an issue of consistency and i appreciate that it wasn't just a thing for the first episode yeah the violence in the second episode even though it was brutal i walked into the show knowing that i had language and violence
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and it was it was fine
1: some of the stuff they did surprised me like when uh castration comes onto the table that was really unexpected (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) but i honestly don't mind it because i like the really dark and violent superhero stuff and when you think about it like if robin was a real character out on the streets you know there'd be some well like there's the scene
0: okay so the second episode the first episode is really an intro to a couple of the characters and the second episode is a um intro to like two more characters hawk mm-hmm. and dove now i've never been a big hawk and dove fan yeah well how about this not that i'm not a fan of hawk and dove they've just been like d level characters for me they've, yeah. they're supporting characters they've never like i've never gone and read a hawk and dove comic they're just mm-hmm. like oh there they are they're helping the justice league this week awesome and then you know maybe we'll see them Yeah. same here okay um i don't remember who the actor's name who plays hawk but dove is played by minka kelly Mm-hmm. Okay. Her performance, like I like Minka Kelly as an actress, but her performance was incredible. Yeah. Like I mean, on a nurturing level, like, uh, like I wanted to be her friend. <laughs> yeah. Like she seemed, she almost had this like motherly vibe about her, and I liked how they had this idea that her and Robin had a past, had mm-hmm. a, had like maybe a fling, not like an actual relationship, but they had this past. And, like, to see her, the way she, it was one thing to see her reacting to things that was going on with her and Hawk, but to see when Robin came into the picture and he was a part of that, those conversations, and, like, the way she was like, I haven't seen you in a while, how have you been? Like, those kind of conversations or like, what's happened to you because clearly you've changed? Yeah. Her, I mean, it was astounding. It was so good. And then she goes on, she went on Fallon, Mm -hmm. and they're talking about the character, and the clip they showed was a fight scene, and I'm like, no, like you're so good. Why do you show that? Like, there's so much better clips to, yeah. that have shown because of how good of an actress you are in certain things. So it I was guess just,
1: uh, it's just one of those things. Maybe they thought like a fight scene would be flashy enough to oh yeah attract yeah. viewers. Where and that's
0: definitely the case.
1: Maybe not everybody would. Uh appreciate the subtle act of you know of her acting at you know first glance but yeah yeah. no
0: she she is the reason she sold that episode on for me yeah to a point where like i just want more of her on the show so (laughs) i hope there is more from what we've seen
1: yeah i mean i think the guy who plays hawk i can't remember the actor's name either but he did a really good job just I think the way he acted was just really believable and, and their stuff costumes like looked
0: great I'm like they, oh, they looked like Hawk and Dove Hawk, from the comics yeah but their costumes looked amazing to me like
1: like uh Dove's costume looked really good and like Hawk's costume I actually thought looked great like this could be literally like this is movie ready like so they I was really all, impressed
0: yeah. all of the costumes in my opinion short of starfires now I've kind of given starfires look a little I kind of given a little crap every now and then. It's only because I don't think she looks alien enough because mm-hmm. she's an alien. Yeah. Um so short of her costume and this might not be your final costume. You and I have talked, you know, yeah. uh, off the podcast about this. This might not be your final costume, but everyone's costume, even Robin's, looks movie quality. Like this yeah. looks movie ready. These guys have really like DC's really put together one mm-hmm. heck of a good For show. For sure. And so. there might have been uh, there might have been some photos leaked from behind the
1: scenes that Confirms that Starfire is getting a new costume eventually. Yeah,
0: and that when she uses, when Starfire uses her alien powers, when she uses her superpowers, she looks like Starfire should look all the time, in my opinion. Well, that's how Beast Boy is too. Like from what from what I've
1: seen of Beast Boy, he turns green when he uses his powers, but otherwise he has regular
0: flesh tone. Um, Yeah. So. I really like what they're doing, and I was skeptical with a couple characters' visual appearance, but I'm really, really enjoying it. Yeah, so am I. And, like, uh, Starfire, even though I've, you know, complained about her look a little bit at first, especially when we saw production photos, she's a great—like, she's doing great. Like, Mm -hmm. she's definitely selling the character for me.
1: Yeah, and uh, she's just, like, from the first two episodes, they mostly show her in the first one she it seems like she's a completely different take on starfire that i've ever seen so i'm just like anxious to learn more about where's this character come from why is she doing the thing she is in the show and everything so
0: yeah no it's i i'm really really looking forward to it and since you haven't watched any farther i won't ask you the question i was gonna ask you (laughs) so (laughs) uh we'll save that for later um my answer is yes (laughs) 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 um uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about with it regarding Titans is um There's a character. Um, so Dick Grayson is the Robin, the original Robin, like yeah. in Batman and Robin. He was the first, and he grows up and becomes a character called Nightwing. And now, mm-hmm. and if you're watching Titans, he, that is the Robin we're following on the show. The second Robin. And the Batman and Robin team up is a kid by the name of Jason Todd. And yeah. he is supposed to be joining, they're supposed to have him on the show at some point as Robin. Yeah. Because Dick Grayson and Titans is in a transitional, getting ready to become Nightwing. He's just not there yet. Yeah. So we have a Jason Todd Robin that's apparently coming. There's been some production photos released of him in costume. Again, looks, looks movie good. quality, mm-hmm. looks great. Um, Jason Todd is the Robin. This is kind of spoiler in comic book territory, but this is, like, very famous comic book <clears throat> kind of news. He is um, he's the Robin that is murdered by the Joker, and he's the Robin that um, would later be resurrected because, as in all good comic books, you don't stay dead for very long. This guy actually did. He stayed dead for a while. Mm-hmm. But he was resurrected, and then now he is the Red Hood, which is one of the most popular... is, like, one of the more popular DC characters. Yeah, and a big, big member of the Bat family, yeah, basically. Yeah, big member yeah. of the Bat family, and I've been getting, actually, honestly, a little bit more, like, into the Red Hood right now. I'm kind of, like, in this, like, Red Hood phase. Oh, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like the... Um, like.
1: Uh, when you get into just random side characters, like I, a couple of years ago I went through a big, uh, I know you don't really like Jaime, Ramis, or Jaime Reyes' uh, Blue Beetle, but I got like really into that version of the Blue Beetle. Oh, I just like think, that. I just like
0: Ted Cord better. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But yeah, I like getting into the random side characters anyway, in comics. Anyway, the
0: reason I wanted to talk about Jason Todd real quick is because he's coming on the Titans. Um, in the book where he got murdered by the Joker, is titled Death of the Family. Mm-hmm now what a lot of people don't realize and this is dc comics history and the only reason i i dug out my copy of death in the family because i wanted to like share this with everybody because i just think it's cool when they were going to kill robin it was not dc wanting to kill the character it was fan outcry of people complaining how much they didn't like this (laughs) version of robin yeah okay and at this is before the internet So these are people handwriting letters and mailing them to DC or calling the DC offices and complaining, right? So DC, if you didn't know this, they have this giant, at the end of the comic, they have this big postscript that's written by Dennis O'Neill, who's one of DC's writers, Yeah. okay? And at the time, he says the very first thing is, we didn't kill the Boy Wonder, the readers did. Now, there's a lot of text here, so I'm not going to reiterate is this. Is that
1: the first sentence? That's the that's very a, first That's
0: sentence. an awesome first sentence. Now, what happened is... Uh, so, in terms of... There's a whole there's a couple paragraphs about unpopularity and like what we should do with the characters, but I want to read this thing here real quick. So, we began a long storyline, which culminated in Jason being caught in an explosion in Batman 427. At the end of that issue, informed readers they could decide Robin's fate by calling one phone number for his survival and one for his demise. They had 36 hours to act from 8 p.m. Eastern time to on September 16th to 8 p.m. 8 p.m. the following evening. I had two versions of Batman 428 in the drawer awaiting the verdict. We, re- we received 10,614 calls. The final tally 5,271 for and 5,343 against. Hail and farewell, Jason Todd. So the readers had to call DC (laughs) Comics and complain to have Jason Todd killed. That's crazy. And now he's one of the most popular characters in DC comics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if he didn't die, maybe he never would have Right, been, exactly. Know?
0: I just thought that was interesting. I thought that was yeah. cool because there was a there was in a time before we didn't have the internet. Yeah. You know, and you had to get your news from magazines and stuff like that and you were reading a comic and you're like, "What? This is crap." And you have mm-hmm. to call DC Comics and complain or handwrite a letter and complain. That's you know, that's the, that's the kind of things I lived with when I yeah. was growing up. So, um I just thought that was interesting, so I'm really curious to see on Titans where they go with Jason Todd.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, like I'm yeah.
0: really excited for him to join the show.
1: <laughs> I I am really excited for him to die.
0: <laughs> I don't know if they're going to cover that, but if you watch Batman versus Superman, there's a scene where Batman stops yeah. in the Batcave at a Be- Robin suit hanging in the Batcave and it's spray painted ha ha jokes on you Batman. Yeah. Which is really kind of sad because whether they clarify what Robin that is, you just assume it's Jason Todd.
1: Mm-hmm. I, so, um, there's, like, part of me that was, like, while you are talking about all of it, I was thinking, like, man, what if uh, the Titan show was actually a prequel to, you know, Man of Steel, BVS, and the whole DCEU? And I was, like, that'd be mind-blowing if whoa, that happened.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> yes, that kind of just blew my mind. <laughs> all right. Let's get off the watching thing for a little bit because I think we've good. been on that for a little while. Some news that have just hit. So... First piece of news I want to bring up, not that we're counting, and by the time the show drops, the time is going to be a little short. But it's 176 days till Avengers Four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you're less wor- than a year, I mean that's less saying than something. 176 days till Avengers Four. Now, like I said, by the time the show drops, it'll be a couple days, yeah, off that because of just counting purposes. But crazy, the runtime for Avengers Four, the current runtime. This is before editing. Because I guess the, I guess the movie's done and they're done with post work. Okay. So, without just as is, it's just over three hours in like. That's pretty sweet. That's amazing. So that's going to be a. Now don't drink anything for the whole day if you're planning on going to the theater to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's gonna be that's gonna be a sit because on top of that you're gonna have this really long credit sit and then you're gonna have the post credits at the end. So. Plus, if there's any trailers you're looking for. <laughs> oh, I know. Beforehand. There's, a, there's yeah. a good twenty minutes of trailers before that movie. So, um, yeah, no, I just thought that was interesting. So, yeah, moving on, sure. I just you know, <laughs> um, but let's talk Marvel real quick. Uh, well, let's talk Marvel and Star Wars a little bit because right before we sat down, Disney dropped some news. About their Disney streaming app, mm-hmm. so it's officially called Disney Plus. Okay, I like the name. It was <laughs> descriptive. <a> ri- <laughs> <Just> descriptive. <kidding. laughs> um, I actually like the name because it's okay. a Disney with a plus. It's just the Disney logo with a plus sign, so it looks cool. Um, but they haven't announced a release date. They just said late 2019, and the price point has not been released yet either. Okay. Okay. But so. So in the terms of Marvel, they've announced that they're going to be doing some shows, okay? Now, we talked about Marvel's Netflix shows kind of slowly coming to an end. Like, they canceled Mm -hmm. Iron Fist. They canceled Luke Cage. Defenders is done. The only thing they got left over there is Punisher. um, And Daredevil. Daredevil and Jessica Jessica Jones. Jones. But I have a feeling that those shows, as they run their course, are going to be done. Like, Daredevil's on right now. But I have a feeling they're going to go, we're done. Jessica Jones <laughs> has been filmed, so we're going to sh- let it go. And then they're done. And the same thing with Punisher. And the only reason I say that is because Disney's releasing their app. And they're pulling like a bunch of content from Netflix to put on their app. And yeah. because of the Fox sale and so on. Disney, however, has officially announced, for you uh, Loki fanboys out there, <laughs> Tom Hiddleston, who plays Loki in the Marvel films is going to be reprising his role as Loki in a Loki television series on the Disney streaming app. So if they didn't already have you and you're a Loki fan, this is your way to get more Loki. Um, They did say it's a limited series, so that could only be 10 episodes. We don't know. It could be six episodes. It could be six. I don't know, but mm -hmm. I can only imagine what they paid Tom Hiddleston to do this. Yeah. You know. Um, but there's
1: a, Loki's a super popular character. Oh, so he's a super a popular character. Cool choice, and it'll be interesting to see yep. what comes So if up. you
0: want to see a Loki television series, you're going to get it. Yeah. Um, along with that is they've announced rumor... Well, it's not really a 100% announced, and this is that it's got to come from the horse's mouth, but it looks like they're going to do a Falcon and Bucky partner show. Oh, that's actually really fun. That's cool. So Falcon and Bucky might be getting a show together. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, also played by the actors who played them in the films. So they're coming back. Yeah. Um, And then it looks like there might be a Scarlet Witch show as well. Oh, okay. But there's no official word. The only one that's 100% confirmed by Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, is Loki. Yeah. So the other ones are like rumor at this point. But I guess Elizabeth Olsen, I guess it's already been like announced that she's doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the other guys, same thing. So if it's true... Amazing, like Disney's already got my money on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, out
0: of all of them, not that I don't need more stuff to watch, but Disney's already got my money. Out of all of them, like as bad as it sounds to say, I don't. I feel like
1: Elizabeth Olsen. I haven't been seeing her pop up in a lot of other movies and stuff. So maybe her schedules
0: (laughs) wide open. The same thing. Same thing with Tom Hiddleston. But that's the Mm -hmm. thing when actors disappear and you're like. Yeah, I really like those actors. They're really popular. I like those movies. And, like, what are they doing now? Well, no one knows because they're quietly filming this other stuff. Right. I think that's what really goes on. So. Hopefully. Um, (laughs) And then uh, the only other piece of news that I got tonight, and, you know, so we can banter. I mean, do you have anything else to say on those things before we. Uh, No, not necessarily. I mean, it just makes sense because. Netflix is going to be
1: Disney's biggest competitor with the streaming app. So it makes sense that if they do pull everything from Netflix, I can totally see why. You know?
0: they, they, they made it... This was a while ago. They said that they were going to pull everything from Netflix um, so they could do their streaming app. And the... When they said pulling that, they said all content. So movies, television shows. So any Disney Channel show that's on Netflix is getting pulled. Any Disney movie that's on Netflix is getting pulled. Mm-hmm. Because Disney's going to have all that stuff. And then Disney buys Fox. So you're like, oh, well, all that Fox content is getting pulled. Mm. And you got to remember that Disney owns ABC. So all that ABC content is going to get pulled. Because Disney's app, I mean, I think this app is going to rival everybody. Not just Netflix. And I think Netflix is panicking right now yeah so um and you know i they think that's why i I heard i read somewhere that netflix had like 800 movies in production just this year not necessarily to release but in production because they're and we all think it's because they're panicking because they need to get these yeah, for you sure. Know, they need to get content for their show after Disney pulls everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, but like I said, Disney's got my money on this. They got my money. They had my money <laughs> at Star Wars live action series. Yeah, like I was gonna be in, and I was gonna do it anyway. And then they mentioned Star Wars live action series, and I'm like, well, take, just <laughs> just take my money. I don't. I, I clearly don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I've kind of shifted gears to Star Wars a little bit, um, so we know they're doing the Star Wars live action series, The Mandalorian. Yeah. They announced another one today. Bob Iger announced this. It'll be a Cassian Andor series. <laughs> now, Cassian Andor is one of the members of the Rogue One film. He's a spy for the Rebel Alliance. This takes place before the original trilogy. So the description that Bob Iger gave was this series will take place before the events of the Rogue One film. This very well could just be ten episodes. Okay. Either way, that's cool. Yeah. Seeing some spy stuff about you know the rebellion trying to fight the empire before the existence, or maybe this is how they learned about the Death Star to begin with. Oh yeah, Do you that'd know be, what I mean. Yeah, like, that'd be. Really we got cool. the tail end. If you watch Rogue One into the original film, you get the, you get to find out. It's basically the tail end of the Death Star stuff. Mm-hmm. This whole Cassian Andor thing could just be them going, "Hey, we found out about this super weapon." and then learning details so they can, you know, get to Rogue One.
1: That'd be cool, and I like the uh, spy aspect. Like, it makes me hope that there's a lot of just really tense scenes and maybe some sneaking scenes and stuff. But I uh, I loved Rogue One. Like, I think it's one of the best movies that, like, newer Disney Star Wars movies. Um, so I have high hopes. But when you first told me Cassie and Andor, it just, I felt like it sounded so random. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I it's... don't know if that's not the name of the show. No, just just said it's going to focus around that guy. Focusing on that character sounded so random to me, but the more I think about it, the,
0: uh, like, cooler it sounds. Right, and Diego Luna, who played Cassian Andor, uh, like, from the interview, like, there was no real good highlight quotes because he didn't say much. It was really, Mm -hmm. like, I'm so happy to be back kind of, like, vibe from all of what he had to say. Like, so... um, Do you want to do the list? Sounds good. All right, so before we get to the list, Ryan has been off in the sound lab playing with uh, sound effects and audio bumpers, and we've been trying to, you know, figure out a good segue into the list. So um, Ryan's made something, so he's going to play the thing, and then we're going to do the list. So Ryan, whenever you're ready, go ahead and play that. (laughs) Now for the top five. All right. So let's talk the list. Okay. Um, this was your pick. Mm-hmm. So do you want to explain this pick? Because um, this was a curveball. <laughs> right on. Um, and I'll explain why it's a curveball. So go ahead. Okay. So we did, <laughs> it really goes back to when we did our top
1: five favorite video game movie podcast and uh when we did that i just started feeling really nostalgic for some of these old movies like resident evil and doom and like just nostalgic for the early 2000s and late 90s and stuff and i was like it'd be awesome if we did a top five games on the original playstation and then i just started uh thinking about it and it's just like some of my favorite games were on the playstation one so i just thought it'd be a fun thing but also i mean it's it's pretty relevant and topical like They just announced the PlayStation Classic as well as, like, the Spyro Reignited
0: Trilogy is coming out soon and stuff like that, so... Right. So, if you don't know what he means by PlayStation Classic, uh, a lot of... Most people know that the Nintendo released a classic version of the original Nintendo, which was basically, like, a plug-and-play Nintendo that you could... For current, from the original stuff, and it had 30, I think. The first one had 30. 30 digital... did, like, pre-loaded games, so you didn't have to buy any cartridges. You buy the system, you get these 30 games with it, yeah. and you're good to go. And then they released the Super Nintendo Classic, which was the same kind of thing, just the Super Nintendo games. So Sony's releasing the PlayStation Classic with pre-loaded games. I don't Did you look at the list? I could look it up really quick if you want. I totally forgot about this. It's okay. You don't have to read the whole list. Some highlights would be nice, maybe like a couple (laughs) titles. Uh, Because if it's 30 games, I don't think they want to hear this list off 30 games. It's 20. I do know I don't think they want to listen to this list off 20 (laughs) games. This list was a curveball to me because the PlayStation, we got the PlayStation right around, like I was a senior in high school going into college when that hit. So, I was more into girls <laughs> <laughs> than I was video games, Yeah. so I didn't play a lot of video games. So the handful of games that I played, I kind of had to go back to go what PlayStation 1 <laughs> games did I actually buy mm-hmm. and which were the ones I played the most. That's kind of how I had to look at it. Okay, fair um, enough. I didn't really, I didn't get, if you know me, you know I play a lot of video games now in my life. I didn't get to that stage until the original Xbox came out and Halo One. Okay. That was that was my reentry into video games. Cause... So
1: I'm actually the exact opposite where we I didn't own a ton of PlayStation games, but when like Playstation One, Playstation Two came out, that was like my heyday where right. I was playing a lot. And then I actually play a lot less now than I did back then. But uh, so I actually feel like I really, do.
0: I do play a lot less than I did during a certain point, <laughs> right. but I still play, like, a good chunk. Yeah. And it's something about... I've just... The whole, like, vibe of, like, the...
1: I don't know. Like, some people have that, like... Eight bit nostalgia, where they really love like that eight bit bit style art. And for me, I think like the low the poly, poly polygons. Designs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like the stuff that gets uh, you know whatever.
0: on. No, there's, <laughs> there's some there's some really good games on this list. And when I was pulling up, when I pulled out every game I own, I was like, oh my god, my five titles is not enough for this list. I'm waiting for you to say one and then I'll just be like, oh crap, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. But. And that's probably going to be the case and that's <laughs> probably going to go my way too. But um, I also have a feeling my list is going to be a surprise to you because you're going to go, what? I don't even know what that is. Like I, I think there's one title I have in here. go, you know, I don't even know what that is. Fair enough. So um, so I guess I got to go first since it was your list pick, right? Yeah. Do you have okay. any honorable mentions? I have two honorable mentions. Sweet. Uh, the first one I'm going to mention is Tetris Plus. Okay, yeah, I remember this game. Okay, it's fun. If you played Tetris, everybody knows what Tetris is. We all love Tetris. Tetris Plus was an adventure version of Tetris. So the idea was the little tube that the pieces fall down and stack, there's a little, like, explorer guy that's got, like, this Indiana Jones kind of a look. Um, He's basically climbing the blocks, Mm -hmm. right? And if you create a hole to the bottom, he'll fall down, and then he's just... Climbs anything that's in his way, right? <laughs> but the treasure in the, it, and the and all, all of it looks like a temple, right? Yeah. So at the bottom there was a treasure, and you had to clear <laughs> enough space for him to fall through the floor to the treasure, and then yeah. Ex- it, so that's how you cleared your levels. And there was a there was a two
1: player mode where you raced, so who could get the guy to the bottom the fastest. Right. So you had to
0: so create holes in these It things. was a puzzle game. Mm-hmm. It was a puzzle game like Tetris, but there was an adventure to it and you were like trying to get the guy there. I had the game for the I had the game on PlayStation, I had the game on Game Boy, like yeah. it was that's a really that was an amazing game. I loved it. Um it was one of that had a lot of repeat play and that's kinda how I gauged a lot, okay. of, a lot of my list was repeat play.
1: That's some of my list, actually. Not too, all my
0: list, just... I
1: think, uh, yeah, that's a really great pick. I uh, really enjoyed this one because of the competitive aspect and the puzzle aspect. And uh, one thing I just want to say about Tetris is, like, I can't find a newer version of Tetris that I like because I'm kind of a Tetris purist in the way that I don't like the guide, like the outline guide I, piece I, at the bottom I, of it. I agree. Okay. Because I... <laughs> I can't stand that thing, but it's hard to find a version that doesn't have that I nowadays. agree, but
0: I have a functioning PlayStation, and I own a copy of Tetris Plus, <laughs> right. so if I ever have an itch, I can, you know, because yeah. you could play just standard Tetris on that game, but they had this really cool, like, yeah. yeah. Um, All right.
1: So, I mean, I know there's some of the kids listening now that's like, there was a Tetris without the guide piece at the bottom. <laughs> yes, there was, and that was the Wild West. <laughs> that was yeah, awesome, right. so... Um, I guess that would lead to my first pick, which I don't know if you know Honorable Mention? Yes, Honorable Mention. There you go. (laughs) I don't know if you're too familiar with this game, but uh, Herc's Adventures is my first one. Did you ever play this, or do you know what it is? Um, Yes, I do. I'm sorry. Yes. So I had this game on a demo disc, and it was a... uh, It's kind of like a Legend of Zelda-style game, or it's actually closer gameplay to... Zombies Ate My Neighbors, if you've ever played that on Super Nintendo, I think it is. Um, But it's, yeah, you wander around in your Hercules, and you fight monsters
0: and different characters and stuff. Um, Yes, I I now, like, I'm having, like, as I think to myself, yes, I recognize the title. Yeah. I now, like, in my head, I can almost see the screen.
1: (laughs) Right on. (laughs) So so eventually, like, I had a demo for it, and eventually I found it on sale somewhere, and I actually picked it up. But it's just a super fun game. There's a really good two-player mode where you can play through the levels with one of your friends but also the game had this just really good cartoony animation to it like it was all outlined animation and really smooth and I don't know like what to compare it to like I want to say Don Bluth but I actually think it looks more just like a typical 90s comedy cartoon series but I loved the art style and the animation and uh yeah it it was just a really fun game so
0: yeah all right um, my next, um, my last honorable mention is a game called Brave Fencer Musashi. Nice. Do you I rem- know what that is? I remember this. I didn't play it as much as I wanted to. All but, right, so yeah. Brave Fencer Musashi was, uh, I would liken it to, like, the perfect blend of mm-hmm. Final Fantasy meets Legend of Zelda. <laughs> okay. So it was a role-playing game in a sense of Final Fantasy, but it wasn't, like, a turn-based role-playing game. The fighting style was done in, like, this... Um, Legend of Zelda style like hack and slash push the button swing the sword yeah. you know, that kind of thing and it was just an adventure game and some of it was level based some of it was open world wander around stuff so, you know what I mean and it it was kind of like the perfect thing Yeah, like when I played it I was like I remember seeing commercials and I'm like, that looks like a really cool game. I think I'm gonna go get that. And you know, this again, before the internet I couldn't go to IGN and look up reviews or that kinda you know, like where do you get that stuff? We had magazines. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So without seeing anything and just going off of a hunch and getting the game, it's it's a really cool game. So I don't really have much to say about it. The art style was it was kinda like had this like almost anime art style, but very exaggerated anime art style. Yeah. So I was
1: gonna say actually I had like a really cartoony um style but it was just so it was very simplified but they had a really good way of making it look really badass even though it had like the low polyness to it like they did a really good job with that so um would that leave it into my next honorable mention okay so this is a game that we were subscribers to playstation magazine back in the day we were if, if you don't remember playstation magazine was a thing you could sign up for when you bought a playstation was it Hey what, kids. 5 bucks a month. Or... I guess there's those things
0: called magazines that existed yeah. back in the
1: day. <laughs> but uh, PlayStation magazine wasn't an actual magazine. It's basically every month they would just send you a demo disc, which was oh, awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. So you'd get a demo disc and you'd get like get to play like the first level of five or six new games and it was just a really cool thing to have. Yeah. But one time they sent a VCR like a VHS tape, which was kind of weird, and it was a prequel for the next game on my list and that game is the legend of dragoon so i I don't okay no not at all go ahead so they sent a trailer on a vhs tape of the legend of dragoon to our house and i watched the the trailer on this vhs tape and they just short vhs tape yeah it's only a couple (laughs) minutes long but they made it look so like badass i was like this game looks awesome and uh i just never played it for years and years i never played it until quite recently actually. <laughs> so like uh probably about a year ago i was at goodwill and so, i actually uh, what so you're you're just now playing the game and it makes the list yeah that's what oh, i was gonna say so awesome i found it i want to say within the past year at goodwill i just found oh. it at goodwill I'm So i'm like oh i always wanted to play it they had that really cool prequel that we got in the mail so or the, that really cool preview so i picked right. it up and i started playing it and uh What I want to say with this is this is like your typical JRPG turn-based style combat and everything. And I haven't played a lot of those games. Like, I'm very not well-versed in the JRPG style game.
0: So this is kind of like one of the first ones I've really delved into. So people, you know, I... RPG stands for role-playing game, if you don't know. Oh, fair I think enough. <laughs> most, I think most of our listeners do, but what is JRPG? Like Japanese RPG. Japanese yeah. RPG.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> thank you. And that's like the typical like turn-based, like your Final Fantasies right. and stuff like that. Um, so I haven't played a lot of games like this, but this one I've kind of delved into because I got a chance to play it super cheap, and I'm not that far into it yet, but I've just been enjoying it a ton. Like, I like that it's more based on... Strategy than skill in a lot of ways, and I like I like how it's like a guided narrative and stuff like that. So I wanted to mention it, but like I said, I haven't finished it yet, so I don't want to like put it super high on my list. I got you. It's also got the. Um, you probably remember on uh, like PlayStation, especially they had a lot of games with pre-rendered backgrounds. You know, where there'd be like a, it'd be like a pre-rendered background, and then like a low poly low polygonal figure would be wandering so, around. Uh, and, I don't know how to explain it. Would Street
0: Fighter be a good example of that? <clears throat> I think well I, feel I think like, uh I feel like the background was always pre rendered and then everything was going on around it. Maybe. Almost or, almost like uh If you look at animation, like old-school animation, like Flintstones and Jetsons and stuff like that, all the backgrounds were kind of like a standard background, and the animation was done in front of the background.
1: And it's it's kind of like that. I know
0: um, a lot of old RPGs, like
1: I think Final Fantasy VII, had these kinds of backgrounds, and I know... Resident Evil 2 had a lot of pre-rendered backgrounds, but it was where, like, the background doesn't really move. It kind of stays still, and you watch your character wander around through it. Right. And uh, something about the backgrounds on Legend of Dragoon, I just think, look really good. Like, they're all super detailed and stuff, and they look a little pixelated, and then you've got this low-poly figure, but... Something about it just kind of looks really cool to me. Like it almost looks like a impressionist painting at some parts. As weird as that, as weird as it sounds, and I think it's just the uh, how non advanced the uh, the graphics were back then kind of actually lends to that.
0: So right, yeah, okay. Uh, so that brings me to my first pick. Hmm. All right. So my first pick is going to be Final Fantasy Seven. Nice. All right. This is like the number one beloved game of all time i think in terms of playstation one and um when i make my lists i always take there's always the one that i want to save for the end to talk about because even though i'm not ranking these it's the one i want to talk about the most <laughs> and i know i'm bringing up final fantasy 7 early so like that doesn't mean it doesn't make the cut because it clearly <laughs> did the thing yeah. about final fantasy 7 is even though it's definitely one of my favorite final fantasies it's not my favorite Final Fantasy. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think there's, it, it's it's probably it's the Final Fantasy I think that really changed the way everyone looks at that franchise, um, and it changed the way I think that kind of game became a way in the storytelling of a game like that. Yeah. Um, it was very cinematic. It it made I think it made you feel like you were in a movie. More so than any of the games prior in that franchise, like 1 through 6 did. Um, so, and at the time, the graphics were astounding. I yeah. Mean, you look back now, it's your polygon you know, style <laughs> yeah. graphics. Um, but no, I just, I had to give some praise to that. It's, it's great. Uh, they had an animated film uh, release called Ed, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. It's amazing. I know I talked yeah. about it back when we did our... Uh, um, video game movie episode.
1: Yeah, so. for sure. Um, did you ever play... I know they did a spin off game. Uh, was it like the Dirge of Cerberus or whatever? Did you ever play that one? Uh, no. Okay. That game... Uh, like, I don't know a ton about Final Fantasy. I know that one focuses on uh, Vincent Valentine, yeah. the character. And uh, my roommate in college played the shit out of that game, so I've seen <laughs> I've seen a lot of it. But I just... Yeah. Um, the Final Fantasy VII is a
0: game I've never actually played through, it's... so i it's, it's one I definitely want to It's fantastic. It's an incredible story, mm-hmm. um, and that's really why it's on there, mostly because of the story, more than anything. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really good game. Right on. But it's like it's like a beloved game. I just there's a game that I'm specifically waiting to talk about.
1: Okay, So fair enough. That, yeah. Um, okay, that would lead to my next pick, which is marvel vs. capcom so (laughs) this game i loved i played a ton of it i mentioned it on our marvel villains episode because Mm -hmm. the the end villain in this game is onslaught who was one of my favorite marvel characters but i don't want to talk too much about it since we already talked about it a bit but uh i just love the game i think it's a solid fighting game i like the animations like all the character animations are awesome and i think just at the time it came out i was super into superheroes and i just really liked, like, I appreciated that you could play a game where you're Spider-Man fighting against
0: Mega Man and, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, any comments or any Well, thoughts?
0: the only thing that I had an issue with with the Marvel vs. Capcom series yeah. is I always found it difficult to understand what was actually going on on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, the way everything kind of encompassed, when you, like, made an attack, I wasn't sure what buttons did what yeah. ever. So, like, I never was sure if I was doing special attacks or what the case was. So, (laughs) that was really my only quibble with the game. Otherwise, I, you know, like you, I was like, this game's awesome. But, I kind of got turned away because I'm like, I don't really know what's going on. So, um, they did a lot of,
1: uh, oh, so you would do a special attack in Marvel vs. Capcom. And, they did this thing where a close-up of the character's face would flash on the back of the screen, plus whatever crazy animation would go on, right. too. So it it was a little chaotic. I think the first one had the most simple, I guess, gameplay to it, where you're just two characters fighting each other, and that was actually my favorite. Once you got into Marvel vs. Capcom 2, it's still a great game, but that's when they brought in like the tag team style, where you'd select a... Team of three players and fight against each other. Um, another thing I want to mention about Marvel vs. Capcom though is uh, War Machine was a uh, yeah a playable character. They adds, uh, they did some deep cuts when it came to yeah. Marvel. So, so. War, War Machine, who's in the uh, MCU and played by Don Cheadle, is that correct? Um, uh, yeah, and uh, could have been could have been Terrence Howard, but he wanted too much money. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> So, anyways, what's interesting is Marvel vs. Capcom had this giant war machine cannon in the game that was one of his special moves. Like, this giant cannon would transform out of his uh, shoulder, and he'd shoot his opponent with like this giant blast. So, a lot of people have actually suspected they found this cannon in the background of the MCU somewhere. And I don't know—is it in Age of Ultron or ha- have you seen? Anything about this? No. Okay, so I've seen a lot of like shared images on Twitter and stuff where people like circle this big piece of equipment. I think it's an Age of Ultron, so, like in the so background. one of the
0: Marvel like. So one of the set designers or whatever, was like we're gonna put this in and hope people catch it. That's what. So it's basically they took the giant gun from Marvel vs. Capcom for War Machine and they yeah. put it in the background. That's what everybody's thinking, which, which I just think's really
1: awesome. I think it's an Age of Ultron, like in the right. background of Tony Stark's lab or something right. like that. That so. makes
0: me want to go watch Age of Ultron <laughs> and see if I can spot. For the sure, big I might. Cannon. I might be wrong though. It might be a All different right. movie, but. Um, Anything else on that, or should I... No, that's pretty much it. All right, so my next pick is Cool Borders 2. Awesome. I loved this game. All right, did I match you on this? No, you actually actually
1: didn't match me on it. All right,
0: so Cool Borders 2 was a uh, snowboarding game. Mm -hmm. Now, I honestly cannot remember the game that it was a demo on, because every now and then you'd get a PlayStation game, and there'd be a section for a game demo, and they'd have, like, one or two demos there. Yeah. I don't know what what game that was on, But I remember getting it for Christmas, and I remember it was one course on the snowboard. (laughs) It was one level. It was like one uh, part of the mountain that you could race down. And I just remember on Christmas, up in the bedroom with the cousins, sitting around the thing, who can get the fastest time down the mountain? And we just played the demo over, over, (laughs) over, over again. It was crazy. And then I ended up having to buy the game because I'm like, well, we need more, we need more courses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so cool borders makes a, uh, cool borders Two makes the cut specifically because of the nostalgic value of the fact that, you know, that, that fateful Christmas where we just played nothing but that demo mm-hmm. over and over again. So
1: it's, um, I like that a lot. That's actually really fun. Cause I was there at that Christmas, obviously playing, you know, racing everybody. And that was such a fun time. Um, I think like, I really enjoyed this game. Uh, I think the reason it doesn't make my list is just in the, like, extreme sport world of games, I think there's just other games that came out afterwards oh, that sure. made things yeah. so much easier that going back and trying to play Cool Waters 2 is really, really
0: hard. Yes, like I actually have gone back and tried playing it.
1: Yeah, and it, the tricks are just so hard to pull off. Because, like, you don't just do a flip. You have to, like, line up for a flip, like you know well it's like real life 50 or 100 (laughs) feet in the game well yeah it is like real life but it's just it's just not as accessible as i remember it being but for racing it was definitely really awesome you know so good pick yeah Uh, any
0: other thoughts on that no not really it was more of a nostalgic thing i just remember playing the game with everybody and like it made me end up buying the game and then (laughs) unlocking everything you know what i mean like i played that game till it was pretty much dead so (laughs) for sure um Let's see. Okay, so
1: my next pick is actually Spider-Man.
0: Yes, this made my short list.
1: Okay, awesome. So I actually picked this for um, personal reason, for like I have a interesting
0: personal it's reason a, for it. This but, is a great game.
1: Yeah, and at the time it came out, it was just such a uh, fun superhero game, and it was actually pretty antip- anticipated. I feel, and it's also one of those games that. Most people I knew owned a copy of Spider-Man. That's just like kind of how big it was at the time. And to be honest, I don't remember a lot of superhero games before that being this popular. Like I feel right. like this game really hit something where it became really like accessible and really sought out to the general population. Um, I really enjoyed this game a lot. I think the story is really cool. There's a lot of really cool characters um spoilers at the end you, you get to fight dr octopus but then he gets covered in carnage's symbiote and becomes monster Ac. that's a combination <laughs> <Right>. of dr <laughs> octopus and carnage and that was just a really awesome thing and
0: but, that final level i hate <clears throat> I remember. I'm trying to remember. The,
1: is that when you fight monster? Rock well, you or? were.
0: Well, you you had to like run from him. Yeah, like, you have to fight that. him, and then he's got to chase you down. This this the level he's got to chase you down is insanely difficult. Yeah. But you know, I mean, that that was. See, video games are an odd sense of accomplishment. <laughs> okay, you watch, you sit around, you play a video game, you unlock all this stuff. You do all these things, but at the end of the day, you really didn't do anything. Yeah, you know. And then you sit around and watch someone else play a video game. You're <laughs> really not doing anything, <laughs> for sure. And that's um, one of the most popular things to do. Now so it is, is. Like, right. So when I think about when I think about watching play the, the hours it took to play that final level of Spider-Man and or watching my brother play that final yeah. Like, It's just, wow, that was time <laughs> well spent. Anyway, go ahead. Um, oh, but there's also like a
1: personal reason I really like this game, and that's, uh, so I've always liked uh, superheroes, you know, all my life. Yeah. like I used to love Batman the Animated Series as a kid. We wouldn't be sitting grew- here if we didn't like superheroes. <laughs> For sure. You know, I grew up watching uh, Superman 4 over and over again in my young years, but I think, there was a gap of time where I just wasn't that into superheroes. I was more concerned with like skateboarding ahead. and Star Wars. I'd sure. say was, were kind of my big interests. And when Spider Man came out, there's a moment in the game where it was a fun game. I liked it a lot, but I remember this moment, and it's one of the cutscenes. And it's for part of the game you work with Venom, and yeah. uh, like for you know to accomplish a common goal. And there's a scene in the game that all it is is just. Spider Man and Venom web slinging and they're talking to each other. So they're web slinging and they have like one line of dialogue they exchange back and forth. And when I saw that, there's just something clicked in my head and I was like, oh yeah, superheroes are really freaking cool. And that just kind of like revived like my whole love for them. And like since then, there's been gaps here and there, but I've more or less been obsessed with them still since then. So I thought that was a really cool moment.
0: Right. All right. Um, take kick over to me. Yep. All right. So, my next pick is Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay. Nice. Do you know this game? You played a lot of it. I actually never played it. I think I'd really like it, but I just I don't you, know. You You would probably love it now because you're an adult. Yeah. Um. I remember our brother Scott used to like just get so irritated when I would play this <laughs> game. So, Final Fantasy Tactics, in the sense of a role-playing game, it's Final Fantasy. So, Scott, it's turn-based, right? And that's why Scott doesn't like it. It's turn-based, but it's not just turn-based. It's turn-based in a board game sense. Yeah. So, you have your party of X number of... So, you have your party of, like, five characters, and you're, like, going through the story. When you get into a battle, it changes the game. So, instead of, like, just choosing who makes an attack when, it goes into, like, this almost, like, a three-dimensional board game... Yeah. And you have to play it almost like a game of chess. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I was gonna say. Like Scott
1: doesn't like it because it's like one of those boring turn-based games, like chess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know he's listening to this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but keep going.
0: Uh, no, it's just I just really liked it a lot. When, yeah. When I when you when you made the, when I made the realization of what it was when I made the realization of um, I, I basically got the pl- it was like playing a board game. A role-playing game a video game all rolled into one you know that sometimes that stuff isn't for everybody but you know the way the inventory system works though it like it was just a really cool game and then the story on top of it was great it was yeah. very it was a very um uh involved story mm-hmm. and it kind of sucked me into so you know and i've actually gone back and played bits of it yeah because so, you
1: probably like still reminisce about that game. Yeah, and, and... it's—I
0: don't want to say it's poly—it's almost like this weird mix of polygon graphics versus eight-bit graphics. I think it was more of like an eight, almost like a three D eight-bit okay, kind of graphic yeah. than anything else. Nice. Um, the way the it's like a top-down like three-quarters view almost. Or not something even like a top-down. But... It's more of like an angle. Yeah, you exactly. Three-quarters kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So nice. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I just really liked that game a lot, so it had to make my list so nice so we yeah go ahead uh, so my next one is um,
1: a PlayStation classic uh, Spyro the dragon now I say that I don't mean it's on the PlayStation classic I just mean it's a classic game for PlayStation and it's probably um, gonna make the it's probably gonna be on the PlayStation no it's actually not wow That's, okay because what they're doing is uh PlayStation is rebooting Spyro the yeah, and they are. Since I, saw, I saw that. Yeah, since that's a thing that's going on that you can download for money on the PlayStation Network or however they're releasing it, they're actually not including it on the on the PlayStation Classic, so that's kind of a bummer. Um, Spyro the Dragon, to me, uh, well, it was the first game I ever owned on PlayStation, so that was really cool. I played a ton of it. Um, in a lot of ways, I like this. I like Spyro's world as just, like, I don't know what you want to call it, like mascot-based platforming games. I like the world of Spyro better than I think a lot of the other ones. And I think it's just because since it has that medieval fantasy motif to it, a lot of the characters and settings really fit together. You know, you look at...
0: The story for Spyro was, was really awesome. good. Yeah. And, you know, I I know I totally know where you're going with this. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, uh, yeah. The... Uh, the adventure part of this game is what really grabbed my attention. Mm-hmm. I never I never finished the game, mm-hmm. but I played a lot of it.
1: Yeah. So, um.
0: Oh,
1: well, what was I saying, though? But, yeah, like, I mean, you look at Mario, and sometimes it just feels like all the characters are just, just random things they decided to put together. But I like <laughs> that the world building in Spyro is really, like, cohesive and stuff like that, and everything makes sense and fits together. And then the other thing I really like is... Um, I guess Spyro's a platformer, but in a weird way, it's kind of... And this sounds really weird, but it's kind of like an open-world game, the way it works, because you didn't have levels to play through. You would just go through an area, kill all the bad guys, collect all the things you need to collect, free all the dragons, whatever, and then you would go to the next part, and yeah, you'd go through a door or through a uh, kind of a portal, and there'd be a loading screen, but then you'd go to the next part, and it kind of had like a open world style to it that not right. a lot of other games did in that way which i think is really cool so yeah it's about Very it cool. yeah, yeah that's about all i awesome. have to say about it but
0: awesome all right so my next pick is uh, a game called apocalypse oh yeah yeah, yeah. i remember that so this game this game was amazing i bought this game on a whim it just sounded cool. Ryan's over there nodding. I think he knows what game I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I bought this game totally on a whim. It starred Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he voiced the main character, and they did their best to make the video game, the, the main character in the video game, that you, the character you play in the game, look like Bruce Willis for the <laughs> yeah. polygon graphic time. And Actually, it did a pretty decent job because it kind of <laughs> looked like Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. But it's basically like a futuristic like diehard, I guess is the best way of wording it. It's a shooter, yeah. Um, but it's, like, monsters and robots and, like, the fiery pits of hell, and, like, yeah. it's it's kind of crazy, but I had so much fun playing this game, and it was a game that you would play over and over and over again. Yeah, so.
1: no, for sure. I remember it was, like, a pretty short game, but you're right, because I think there's only, like, really eight levels you'd play through. So they were play long, it, and they were long. Levels. They were long, and you'd play it on easy, and then you would go through all of them, and then you're like, "All right, now I'm gonna play it on medium and play it on hard." But each time, the levels still were really fun, and they uh, the story was just so good that you got into it because literally, like Bruce Willis versus the end of the world, like the biblical basically, apocalypse.
0: It was basically like the end of days, but it's, yeah. you know, you get to play as Bruce Willis, and almost like let's take John McClane. I have this idea for this game where we're gonna take John McClane from the Die Hard movies. And then we're gonna take the end of the world and go. Here's Die Hard with John McClane.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know,
0: Here's the end of the world Die Hard version. And so. I even
1: still think about like certain weapons from the game. Like that's one of the best games for flame throw- throwers that I've ever seen because you get that thr- flame thrower. Oh, and the you, flame throwers. Yeah, you like, just yeah. Shoot all these zombies or demons or something, and then you just <laughs> watch them wander around like around you, like burning up. Um, I actually think it's awesome that Ryan knows this game cuz I've brought this up around a lot of people
0: and nobody seems to ever know what I'm talking I, you about. You know, but. it's the same thing. So when I saw Ryan nod from across the table, I was like, <laughs> "Oh, he knows this game. That's awesome." Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely a great pick though. It uh, doesn't
1: make my list, but I did like No, that's it a lot, fine. No, that's so. a
0: like I said, <laughs> I didn't play enough PlayStation 1 games. Mm-hmm. I definitely the list is long enough for me to have well more than five, but my point is is that I it was a weird point in my life and this was one that really, you know, caught my attention. So. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Okay, so that would lead into my next pick. So I'm gonna preface with this pick with we were talking about Tetris earlier. Yep. And there's probably two games in my life that I've poured more hours into than anything else. And one of those games is Tetris. Like honestly, I've played hours and hours of Tetris. And the other one. Is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two, which is my next pick. <laughs> all right, so I love the Tony Hawk games. I was really into uh, skateboarding and stuff at a young age, um, and when this, when Tony Hawk the first one came out, it kind of, I think it ignited this fire across America where a lot of kids, as long as they were the right age for it, all started skateboarding or everybody was trying outside trying to do tricks of some kind. Um, and the first game was great, but the second game just stepped it up so much with uh, how you could design your character, you could design your course and everything. And so I spent a lot of time playing the actual levels through, but then I spent a lot of time designing really cool skate parks and stuff. And then also just uh, designing characters or just doing free skate and skating around and stuff. Something about, I know now that there's been games like skate and stuff like that, I know people criticize Tony Hawk saying it's not very realistic, per se, and I'm totally cool with that, because I just think the gameplay is so much fun, how it works, and they really simplified the whole, like, X is jump, triangle is ja- grind, you know, square was kick-trick, I think, and circle is grab. Like, they really simplified how you can skateboard, and it was just such a fun,
0: kind of infectious way to play. Yeah, I, I played I play a little bit of this. I just remember you... Playing this nonstop. <laughs> For so. sure. Um,
1: I was talking about designing your character. This is totally off left field, but I remember one of my friends from school figured out how you can design a character to look just like Freddy Krueger. So then I went home oh, and did it right. and I set that up. And uh, I'm trying to remember that each Tony Hawk game there is an unlockable character. I think in the second one, you could play as Spider-Man, which is, was kind of a cool thing. Like yeah. You unlock Spider-Man. And then in the third
0: one, you could play as Darth Maul, which was pretty awesome, too. So, but. What's interesting, because you mentioned you know, I, a friend of yours told you at school, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You went home and had to do your game. Again, in a situation where <laughs> the internet was not... I mean, the internet existed at the time Tony Hawk came out, but it wasn't in the same vein. No, yeah. Like, people weren't... You know, you didn't look at the internet the way we do now. So... Yeah. And I know... And I know you can go into any classroom and everyone's talking Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe the new Call of Duty, you know. But what's interesting is those conversations happened and, you know it was always a rush home and do it like, Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. how, Oh, that's cool. I, okay. That's mm-hmm. how you get to the other end of Mario or that's how you defeat yeah. the goblin and the, the other end of the bridge or who know you know what I mean? Like you would run home and like, that's the first thing you do. Like mom, I'm not doing my Man. homework. I got this video game. <laughs> <to do." laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, I could just leave it at how much I loved Tony Hawk pro skater. <laughs> too. There's a moment in my childhood where I designed a skate park in it with a friend and we probably spent a couple hours creating gaps that you could ride through and naming the gaps and giving them point value. Like, we spent two hours coming up with funny names for gaps. And a lot of <laughs> them were, like, a lot of them were swear words and a lot of them were just nonsense terms we came up with. But it was really fun. Right. So.
0: Yeah. So, for my last and final pick, this li- This was going to make my list regardless. Okay? Mm-hmm. And But when I thought about it, I realized... If you owned a PlayStation, I don't know anyone who did not own this game. Okay? And that's Metal Gear Solid. (laughs) Nice. Okay? This game um, is probably the first game that I had an emotional attachment to. Not on a level of, oh my gosh, I love Legend of Zelda. This is the greatest game ever. Attachment. An emotional attachment to the story. Mm-hmm. um and that's why this the, the, if I had to pick a favorite on my whole list it's Metal Gear Solid and so many people um have played this game many many times and it's turned into this massive franchise this was the first one on the PlayStation I know I know everyone who's played this game and listening to this they know exactly what I'm talking about but this game um on an emotional level I was sucked in by the characters. You were taken in by the characters. You were taken in by the story. The sense of urgency. It's basically a game. It's a. It's an espionage game. You play like this. Like uh, I don't want to say super soldier mm-hmm. necessarily, but he's basically like this lone soldier being dropped into this enemy territory, and he's like sneaking around. He's basically a super spy yep. sneaking around trying to get information about this new this nuclear device. Yeah. Right. So there's parts where he's talking to his team. Back at headquarters via communicator, there's parts where you're wandering around the base, like, you know, not killing guards and avoiding security cameras and, you know, avoiding the sniper that's trying to hunt you down all the game. But, yeah. like, every character in the game had a story. Every moment, like, it, it, just, kept a good way getting, it just kept it. getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, like, even the sniper, uh, Sniper Wolf, while she was trying to kill you multiple times through the game, eventually you have to do a battle where you kill her. Mm-hmm. And, but there's this incredible story that was built around her, and you learn so much about her. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the game really made me realize what video games could be when I played that. Yeah. And it wasn't until later, until now, to current video games, where you're still seeing shades of that in terms of the depth of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. The level at which, like, you, these video games nowadays, you're, they put you in a movie. But Metal Gear Solid, when you start it up, when you hit start for the very first time, you the game starts and you're watching this like opening cinematic. But there's credits rolling on the screen as if it's a movie. Yeah. And I remember that. That, was that really Im- cool. and you know, being a movie lover, I mean, that immediately sucked me in. Yeah. Just that. I didn't know anything else, but just that immediately sucked me in. So. No, uh, for sure. I mean, I actually matched this one. <laughs> so, oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. So I, we actually I matched this. the I end. love this game. Oh, that's fantastic. I it.
1: I actually, I think Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 is my absolute favorite, but this is probably my second, and I knew, I had a feeling you were saving this one for last, so I saved it too, but okay. I, I love this game. It's so much fun. Um,
0: and it's also a game that you played multiple times, and the reason you played it multiple times is because you got to the end, and they gave you some cool piece of tech that your guy could use the next time around. And then your friend tells you that if... And then you're like, oh, cool, I got this. And, like, I got the bandana that gives me unlimited ammo. Yeah. You know, so you get unlimited ammo for your second playthrough. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, then you play... As you're playing through it again with the unlimited ammo, your friend at school says, hey, by the way, if you beat it for the third time, (laughs) they give you this. And then you're like, oh, well, now I got to play through the whole game, like, two more times. You know what I mean? So... Um, For sure.
1: Um, Another thing is, you touched on it a little bit, but I just want to reiterate, like, the sneaking in this game and the gameplay around sneaking is so much fun. Like, I had never played a game where you have to sneak around and try to stay out of the field of vision of security cameras and security guards, and the way it was I never played a game like that either. ...was just so addictive, and it wasn't to to the point where they had uh, Metal Gear Solid VR missions, if you remember that, game at all which was literally just a bunch of levels just centered around the sneaking with no story but it was just so fun to sneak around that they gave you a bunch of levels to play and that's just awesome gameplay like i don't know if a lot of games still do that style of Um, gameplay at this
0: point. well so the other side of the coin was metal gear solid was the playstation stuff and yeah, and they had the Tom Clancy games. They had Splinter Cell that came right. out, which was sneaking, which was stealth as well. Sneaking with stealth yeah. is probably the better word. Which I really ended up liking. At the end, I at the end of the day, I ended up liking Splinter Cell better. Oh, really? Yeah, um, mostly because um, well, Splinter Cell was hyper realistic. Yeah, where um, Metal Gear was a little bit more fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say fantasy, not weapons or anything like that, or dragons or monsters. It's just a little bit more. Fantastical with like the nuclear weapons and you know, so yeah. like you know, maybe a giant robot or something. I guess you know.
1: as the series um, goes on, I know they do bring more fantasy elements into it. Like they do. there's a vampire in Metal Gear Solid 2 and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, so. right. The, I mean, some of it got a little bizarre, but <laughs> um, so Splinter Cell does this uh, stealth stuff, but other games do have the stealth mechanics. Yeah. Um, like Assassin's Creed, you can be heavily stealthy. You know but what I now mean? Do, you do can... they
1: have the... Because uh, in Metal Gear Solid, what always stuck out to me was in the corner, I don't know if it's... I think it was bottom right, but I might be wrong. There's the, your little radar... That would show you your character moving around, but also the field of vision of the security guards. And do other games necessarily have that field of some vision? Some kind of do. Okay.
0: Some don't. Some some. That's games. one
1: thing I would think more games would capture. So not Metal so Gear Solid.
0: Fun. I remember playing. I remember playing one of the Splinter Cells. I don't remember which one it was. Online co-op. Yeah. And I have my headset on, and I'm talking to the person I'm playing with, and I said over the headset something to them like hey watch your back you know what i mean there's a guy behind you i said that through the headset the character in the game heard me say that and reacted <laughs> that's so pretty funny. we had to re- so at that moment we realized over the headsets we still had to whisper <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i'm like that is incredible yeah. like game mechanics that's incredible computer you know we realized we couldn't talk at a normal volume in the headset like oh ha ha, we're just talking in game yeah. No, we have to communicate quietly because we're spies in the game, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um I just I the, I always liked the stealth. I this game made me like stealth and then ever since then I've always liked doing yeah. stealth stuff. So sometimes you have to be patient. Sometimes you have to be sneaking around. Mm-hmm. So, um but yeah, Metal Gear Solid was so good mm-hmm. and it's just every character, every villain character had like this great story behind them and you know, even the main character. I mean, everything about it. That's like, yeah. I, I never thought of it that way, but that is so true.
1: Like, there's a deep story behind every character. But it was that's also awesome, like, too. like I said,
0: on emotional level, if something happened to a character you like, I felt it, mm-hmm. as if you you know, as if you were a part of it. It really hit home. You were screaming Meryl along along with the game. Yeah. Whenever you died. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's it's definitely a great pick. So. Yeah. Well, that's. The end of both our lists. If, uh, <laughs> did sure. you have anything else you wanted to say about it? Um, no, I think that was pretty pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Very <laughs> cool. All right. So, like I said, this game, this list was only a curveball to me because I, this was an odd time for me playing video games. Yeah. Um, I don't know where my list would have fared if you would have picked another system like Xbox or something like that. I really don't know how it would have landed because. <laughs> um, I'm such a big Halo fan. I feel like it would have been like every Halo game. <laughs> every yeah. Halo game. is like, oh, all five lists are Halos. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking I wanted to throw you a curveball, <laughs> but enough. I also wanted to have fun with this. Okay. <laughs> so this is a bizarre list. So this is your top five third installments of a franchise. So, look at your franchises, like, you know, it doesn't matter what franchise it is, it could be a superhero franchise, like, you know, we're talking Superman, we could talk Spider-Man, we could talk The Matrix, we could talk Back to the Future, it doesn't matter. Right. The third movie. Fair enough. Right. Which means, there's gonna be, there's, there's a lot of bad in there yeah you know like see third by the time you get to the third one there's not you know X-Men The Last Stand is not the best X-Men movie out there you know what I mean like yeah this will be really Spider-Man 3 is not a good Spider-Man movie it's really hard to defend yeah so I thought that'd be kind of cool but there are some golden gems I mean some absolute phenomenal films that are the third movie out sure yeah um and I think you're gonna be surprised when you look at you know what movies ended up as the third movie yeah um there was one set of movies that kind of struck me as odd, and I'm only bringing this up, and this is not a biased opinion because I'm a Batman fan. Okay? But you had a series of Batman films, and then you had the Dark Knight trilogy. Okay? The Dark Knight trilogy, I don't want to count... Like, the Dark Knight Rises, I want to allow it if, you, if it's a pick of yours, and the only reason I want to allow it is because um, it's a part of a group of films that has nothing to do with anything that came before it. Right. And they were so vocal oh, about Oh yeah. They were so vocal can... about this is not, has nothing to do with what we did before. I would totally count that. So that's, I, I wanted to bring yeah. it up, and I, like I said, it's not a biased opinion, that's just me stating a rule. So if there's something, that, like, that's an example. So if there's something I missed that kind of falls under that category, understand that it's allowed. Okay. Fair enough. So I do have one question. Sure. Because I have to ask
1: What's the third installment of Star Wars? Is it Return of the Jedi or is it Revenge
0: of the Sith? Technically, it'd be Return of the Jedi. Okay. Because it's the third movie of the giant saga. There's ten Star Wars films right right now. That was the third one. Okay. Now, if we're talking continuity, that's a different answer. But the third one made was Return of the Jedi. And is that what we're looking at? Is third one made? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I just wanted to clarify the thing with Dark Knight trilogy because of the situation of that thing, and that's just an example. Yeah. If you find another, like I said, if there's some other franchise out there, like if there was a third Fantastic Beast film coming out, I would allow that as a third, because it's in the world of Harry Potter, but yeah. that is its okay. own thing. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand. Okay. Yeah. Like the Hobbit. Like the Hobbit, the Hobbit trilogy yeah. and Lord of the Rings trilogy, even though they're the same story content technically, they're two separate trilogies. Okay. Like they're they're separate separate. But but they're stop, not like the pre, the Star right, Wars prequel maybe prequels maybe and the maybe Lord of the Rings is they... not the best example. Okay. But um because I would count cuz Star Wars is all one thing. So no, that doesn't yeah. <laughs> Treat <laughs> Hobbit and Star Wars the same way. But you see what I'm saying like Right. I'm just I wanted to try and find an example of why how that would work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, interesting. Yeah, this will be interesting and I'll have to do some digging for this one, but yeah. Uh,
0: all right, I'm excited. Well, so, we're going to do third installments. It's going to be interesting to see what we pull up because there's some real weird ones out there. So, um, um, I think go ahead am thinking Bring It On, In It to
1: Win It. Is that the third one?
0: <laughs> Probably won't make my list. If, if you know, <laughs> I, It bothers me a little bit that you know what the third Bring It On movie was tied up. <laughs> I've never, I've only watched the first one. I've just been really amused by their titles through the years. So. Um, I watched one of the other ones only because I liked one of the actresses. Like I, like, I liked her as an actress, so I was like, I don't watch it. Anyways, it was <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be honest about it. Um, all right. So I think we did it. I think that's the end of the show. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So um, uh, if you guys want to interact with the show, uh, feel free to email us at top5report at gmail.com. Um, hit us up on Twitter or like us on Facebook uh, at top 5 report um follow us uh, subscribe to us on itunes uh leave us a review um we got a written review from a listener tonight um we would love some more written reviews we like the feedback we know we want the five stars but we understand if you want to be honest and give us a four and a half that's cool too um, <laughs> for sure but yeah so subscribe to us if you want to follow me personally you can follow me on twitter and instagram at drew 3927 uh, I'm more active on Twitter, so that's probably the better place. Peter, um, you? Yeah, just fi- follow me on Twitter, at Pierre, And uh, I think my Instagram's linked to there, too. So Very cool, Ryan. Anything before we go? He's shaking his head. Ryan looks like he needs a nap. Um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And listeners, thank you for listening. But your princess is in the other castle.